0: Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the First Baptist Church here in the hills of Western Massachusetts. So glad that you're tuning in. Really appreciate that. Those that are tuning in regularly, and why not? We're going through the second letter of the Apostle Paul to young Pastor Timothy. And I've titled this message, Lonely and Abandoned. And we get Joe to read these 18 verses of chapter 1. Thank you, Joe.
1: Good morning. morning. I'm going to apologize right off the beginning. There's a couple names in here that... uh, are very interesting pronunciations, and I am sure to butcher them, so uh, we'll we'll give it a shake, okay? Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives also in you. For this reason I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel, by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to the holy life, not because of anything that we have done, but because his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of his gospel, I was appointed on herald, an apostle, and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me as kept uh, the pattern of sound teaching and in love of Jesus Christ, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know, as everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Philegus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Anesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he has helped me in Ephesus. Thank you. Praise God. Thank
0: you very much. So we'll open in a word of prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for those that are here, so thankful for those that are listening or will listen, wherever you are. We really appreciate that and pray that uh, we'll learn something that we'll learn a lot this morning and uh, just cast our mind's eye back to the time when the apostle wrote this letter uh, in jail. Help us, we pray, to concentrate, be tuned in, and uh, speak through your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. amen? Amen? Amen. Like I say, the title of this message is Lonely and abandoned. So I start asking a <clears throat> question. Has there any been a time in your life when you've been lonely? Well, that was probably a rhetorical question. Lonely. But not only lonely, have you ever felt abandoned? Do you know what that feels like? Have you ever had that experience? Have you ever experience that in your life the apostle paul as we know wrote this second letter to a young pastor timothy paul certainly knew what it was like to feel lonely and abandoned conditions where this letter was written were quite different from paul's first letter and his tone is completely different as well the first time he was incarcerated, he was under house arrest in Rome. And he had the freedom to move around. He could have visitors. He could hold meetings. And he had that hope of being released, which he was. And he was able to continue his missionary journey to a travel, preaching the gospel, wherever he went, that's what he was called to do, amen? However, when he returned to Rome, it was a different story. The second time, he was arrested and then thrown into a real jail, a Roman jail, under those terrible conditions during the reign of the wicked emperor Nero. Nero, as well as being mad, hated Christians. Some he had burned alive as human torches. Some were torn apart in the Colosseum arena by wild animals. And some were killed by gladiators for the amusement of the Roman citizens. In fact, Christians at that time were despised throughout the whole Roman Empire because they didn't worship the idols and the false gods like the Roman population did. Christians were called rebels because they confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and not the emperor, Caesar. Like I say, Paul's tone in this letter is quite different from the first letter he wrote, which we've already studied, because he was alone, completely alone. And he writes it to me, I long night and day to see you so I can be filled with joy. You ever had uh, people come visit you? And you're filled with joy just by the fact that they they come to visit you. Some people you might not want to see, not necessarily filled with joy. But others, you know what it feels like. Oh, man, I haven't seen you for such a long time. Fantastic. Come on in. But Paul, you know, he felt so lonely. He felt abandoned. In verse 15, he said, This you know, that all those in Asia, have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Homogenes." Only one man, apparently, came to visit the Apostle Paul when he was in jail. Verse 15 and 16, let's read it again. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me. Verse sixteen. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Anisphorus, because he often refreshed me, and was not ashamed of my chains. He wasn't only locked up in a dungeon; he was all chained up, under terrible conditions. On the contrary. When he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. See, before Paul was under house arrest. He wouldn't have found him there. But he kept searching for him and he found him in jail. And he came to visit him. These were dark days for Paul. And things would get a whole lot worse. However, he begins the letter, you know, optimistically and confident in God's sovereign will. Verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So you didn't fear death, but of power and of love and self-discipline. I like the, the other versions that say of a sound mind, of a sound mind. He still had all his marbles, even though his body was completely racked and uh, bore the scars of his service in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he was willing to do that because he knew that Jesus Christ bore the scars for him. Amen. And he bore the scars for us too. You know, Paul's greatest honour was that he'd been called, he said in verse 1, by the will of God. And then in verse 11, he said he was appointed a preacher, an apostle. We don't have any apostles today. You get some guy saying he's an apostle, don't believe him. An apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. He was called. It's God that did the calling. And anyone who's in a pulpit, who's not called by God, shouldn't be in the pulpit. It's God that does the ordaining. It's God that does the calling. Amen? Not lot of false prophets. Got to be careful who we listen to, who we follow. So Paul writes to Timothy, reminding him, three things. This is number five in your handout. What are those three things? Number one, grace. Number two, mercy. Number three, peace. These are all wonderful gifts from God. These are daily supplies freely given to us as a gift once we receive Jesus Christ as our personal saviour have you done that yet have you received jesus as your personal saviour we also receive forgiveness of our sins graciously obtained by believing in our hearts that jesus is lord that god raised him from the dead believe in the the blood the sinless blood that jesus shed on a cross over 2,000 years ago, were sufficient to wash away our sins. <clears throat> because of believing the gospel, what is the gospel? That Jesus was born, he died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. Believing that in our hearts, not just in our heads then we are welcomed home by the good shepherd. Once we were sheep, went astray, but now we're safe and sound, been brought back into God's sheepfold. Praise the Lord. Are you a sheep or are you a goat? We just got back from uh, Pennsylvania, Lancaster County, and there's... So and we went to Sight and Sound. I'll give it a plug. It's great. If you've ever been there, you should see it. And uh, this year, the theme is Moses. And they got these real animals participating in the production. And coming down the aisle, what were they? There was, who was leading the sheep? A goat. Don't ask me why. Maybe the, the goat's sheep smarter than the sheep. I don't know. But the Bible says you're either a sheep or you're a goat, OK? So you can all say, meh. No, it's okay. All right. God's grace gives us what we don't deserve. right? God's grace gives us what we don't deserve. What do we deserve? Judgment, punishment. Amen? So God's grace gives us what we don't deserve. God's mercy withholds what we do deserve. What do we deserve? Punishment, judgment, amen? Now, Paul wasn't under any illusions. He didn't promise. He knew that God didn't promise a life without suffering. Jesus himself said, in this world you shall have tribulation. In this world you should have trouble. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. That's why we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen? Keep our eyes on Jesus. But in the midst of suffering, there's an inner peace that only God can give. No matter how dark things may appear, how difficult things can be, there's always a way through our trials with the help and comfort of God the Holy Spirit. He is the comforter. Amen? He is the comforter. People are not saved. They don't have a comforter. But Paul did. And we do, those of us that know Christ. Regardless of the circumstances, God's peace reassures us that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his perfect will and purpose. Paul especially, under those terrible conditions, he needed an extra supply of God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace, rotting, in a filthy Roman dungeon. God allowed it. And when there's no one else there to help you, it's only you and God. And some people don't, don't even have him because they don't know him. And he said he constantly prayed. He constantly prayed not only for other things. He said he constantly prayed for Timothy. You know what it's going to be like? Because he was going to be leaving this world. He was facing execution. But Timothy was going to be left behind. And he said he remembers fondly in verse 4, even as I recall your tears. We're talking about a grown man, 30 years old. Don't ever be ashamed to cry. God given us that ability, those emotions. Takes a man to cry. We don't know why or when Timothy wept, but he know that he did. He said, I recall your tears. He said, I remember when you cried. Maybe it was when Paul was arrested by the Roman soldiers and sent back into prison, knowing that he would never see him again, this side of heaven. Obviously, Timothy must have felt very sad. Sorry for the the way Paul was suffering, and all he wanted to do was share his faith with people that were lost. And that's where he ended up for his efforts. He was sad because he would never have the opportunity of seeing him again because Timothy was over there ministering in Ephesus. A long way from Rome, in Turkey. You know, Paul, as you probably already know, but Paul was the one that discipled Timothy. In other words, he trained him in the things of the Lord. He was the one that took care of him when they went on missionary journeys together. He was the one that protected him. He ordained him by laying hands on him into the ministry. So this relationship, it all began when Timothy was a young man, a young teenager. But now he's about 30 years old. He wasn't too old to cry over their permanent separation. You know, some of us, and you young people, you'll learn as you get older, if you haven't discovered it already, I say some of us, can relate to how Timothy must have felt when he shed tears, having visited and not able to see him again. And some of us are not able to see friends and loved ones. And some of us are, are able to go visit someone who is sick or dying. And often we have to go long distances to do that to see them when they're still alive. I had to do that when my, I got the call that my mother was dying, so I traveled 3,000 miles to go see her before she passed. So of, often we have to travel long distances to see them while they're still alive, before they pass. And we know when, we, when this happens, some of us are going to leave them behind and we may never see them again. But if they were Christians, we will. If they were Christians, we will see them again. Praise the Lord. Paul called Timothy, see, that tremendous bond between them. He called him his beloved son. Not that he was related to him physically, by natural birth. But he was related spiritually, both having been born again. Timothy became like a son to him. Paul became like a father to him. Have you got somebody like that? A close relationship? Have you ever known anyone like that? Maybe your father wasn't a very nice person. Has God brought other people into your life who have become a mentor, a father to you or a mother to you? or a brother to you, or a sister to you. That's the wonderful thing about the family of God. We're all related. We're all related spiritually. We are one family. So, Paul remembers fondly the sincerity of Timothy's faith in Jesus. It's genuine. Verse 5, he writes, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And now I am sure dwells in you. Are you sure that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? If you receive Jesus as your Savior, you ought to be. You ought to be absolutely convinced of it. And if you're not, you need to be saved. You need to call upon the Lord to save you. And then you'll have peace in this world that you can't get anywhere else. And a home in heaven when you die, which you surely will. So the faith that Timothy Timothy had started with his mother and his grandmother, instructing him in the scriptures, teaching about the coming Messiah, the one who would come to save his people from their sins. That's what the name Jesus means. It means Savior. Savior. There's only one Savior. Let's be careful how we use his name. Oh, it's like a stab in the heart. And you're watching a TV program or or a podcast or YouTube and then they use the name of Jesus in vain. Because they're lost. They don't know any better. We're not going to condemn them. We need to pray for them. Amen? Pray for them. We were in that condition at one time. Some of us mocked him. Some of us mock Christians. We didn't know any better. We were ignorant, spiritually. So like Paul, there's going to be times when we've got troubles, problems that seem insurmountable. But always remember, God will always be there to help us and guide us in our time of need. You know, it's funny. I don't pick these hymns, but they seem to blend in with the message. I have no idea. (laughs) And uh, we've got that. You know, he's going to take us by the hand. He's going to lead us to the promised land. And Paul had that that assurance. Even though Paul was going to go to heaven, he knew he was going to go to heaven, not because he deserved it, not because he earned it, because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Still, imagine, must have been very difficult for him, knowing and waiting and not knowing when he was going to be executed. And it was obviously very difficult for Timothy, knowing that he was going to be facing life without his spiritual father, without his mentor to advise him. But he's going to take us by then. I'm going to read it. It says, Precious Lord, I'm sure Paul probably prayed this as well. Oh, precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Help me stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand. Precious Lord, lead me home. When my way grows drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call. Hold my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. We're always going to be guaranteed that we are in the hand of the Lord. He said, no man can pluck you out of my hands. We're there, and no one can pluck us out. Even though Paul knew he was going to die, he was still concerned about other people that he would leave behind. People like Timothy, his beloved son, whom he hoped and prayed would continue the work that he started, and to remain faithful to the Lord. That's all that God requires of each and every one of us, once we've been saved, is to be faithful to the Lord. And Paul was confident that Timothy would continue to do the Lord's work and allow the Holy Spirit to help him and teach him. Each step of the way. And he encouraged him, I'm almost finished. In verse 13, he says, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, kept by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. The gift that God gave Timothy and each one of us to use in his service and for his glory. So Paul knew regardless of the circumstances were extremely difficult. Wherever God places his children, he would take care of them and lead them by the hand not only in this life, which is temporary, but also in the life to come, which is eternal. In verse 12, I'll close. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Evidently, some people were ashamed of Paul being in jail. We need to pray for those who are incarcerated. He says, I'm not ashamed. They might be ashamed of me, but I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Amen. Let's close. Heavenly Father. We're so thankful that we can read these accounts written by the Apostle Paul to young Pastor Timothy. And uh, it's a testimony to the faith of the Apostle. Regardless of the circumstances where he found himself, he still had tremendous faith in you. And he was not only concerned about himself, even though he was suffering under very difficult circumstances, He was concerned about the ones that he would leave behind. But he knew that as God led him by the hand, that he would also lead them by the hand and take them to their final resting place, their final home. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. And help us to remember that we may be alone, but we're never alone. We'll always have you there to help us and to guide us and to comfort us, which we are grateful. And again, I have to talk to you, those that are listening, watching, you've never received Jesus as your personal Saviour. You know that you're missing out on so much, the grace of God, the mercy of God, God's forgiveness. You can receive all those things once you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Saviour. Believing, simply believing in your heart that you're a sinner, that Jesus is the Saviour, that he died for you on the cross, shed his sinless blood so your sins can be washed away, so that you can be forgiven. That you won't have to face judgment you won't have to stand before god and give an account for the things that you've done you can have a home in heaven guaranteed but only if you receive jesus christ as your savior and i hope and pray that you do it's the it's the best decision you'll ever make in your entire life and you'll never regret it amen well, again, so thank you for, for you to tuning in. We much appreciate it and hope to see you soon. And uh, those that did pray that prayer, please get into a church where they teach and preach the gospel. They believe the Bible being the word of God and grow in your faith and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and share your faith with others. Don't be ashamed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine. For Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts.
1: If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the
0: church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.